so glad you guys are here. It's just great to, to be here in God's house, and um, it's been kind of kind of crazy, crazy week here in Corpus. And I uh, just want to say hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being part of our services. Thank you guys for for joining us. Also want to say hello to our God Behind Bars guys. Had a great time seeing you guys this last week. Got to go in, inside the prison. Got to hang out with over 1,600 men uh, through three days of preaching. It was, it was just an incredible time. Absolutely loved seeing you guys. It was great. They told me if I stayed any longer, they'd put a white tsunami and I'd have to check in. So I had to go. But we loved it. It was really, really great. And it's great to have a lot of you guys back. I know a lot of people are home for Thanksgiving. Glad to have my son uh, here as well from Liberty. And so it's great to see him. He's the grown man over here in the corner, in case you're wondering. Like, what the heck? It's crazy. So anyway, it's great to have him here. But hey, I want to talk today about something different that I was not planning on talking about. But uh, in light of what's going on, actually, my son is the one who texted me and said, Dad, you need to do this. And I, I said, I think you're right. And, uh, and that is that we have now had two suicides inside of 30 days in one high school uh, in our town. Uh, some people from the medical community heard that I was going to talk about this today, and they wanted to get some information to me. They work at a particular hospital here locally, and this particular hospital has had 15 attempted suicides in 30 days. That means a kid is trying to take their life every other day. This is an epidemic. This has got to be dealt with. We're going to talk directly about it. One thing around here, you guys know, we don't skip topics. We don't, we don't skip issues. And if it's hard, then we go hard. And so we're going to talk about this today because it's what's happening in our community. And we love people. And that's what we're here for. And so please pull out your notes today. I want to talk about this. And if you say, well, this doesn't apply to me, Pastor. It probably applies to someone you know. And so I want to talk about this today because it's a very real issue. People are considering taking their lives, attempting to take their lives, and some people are succeeding at it. And so we want to talk about this. Today's message is called Suicide is Not the Solution. So let's say our mission statement together, which is more important than ever, by the way, in light of all this. What are we here to do? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. Having said that, I want you to go to heaven, but I want you to go to heaven when it's God's time, not yours. He chooses when you go, not you. And so let's talk about that a little bit today. Pull out your notes if you would. I want to give you three simple principles based uh, around suicide. And then we're going to talk about what you do if you're struggling with thoughts of it. And so the first is, is really simple. Luke chapter 16 gives us some insight. It paints this picture of, of, a, of, a, of a reality that most of us don't realize. Listen to, this, listen to the scripture. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is being, here being comforted and you are in anguish. So he's speaking to to someone who's already died. So that doesn't mean their existence is over, apparently. So this is important to know this. A lot of people take their own life or, or consider it because they say, I just want to end it all. But what if I were to tell you that taking your life doesn't end anything? You just change from being in the physical to being in a physical, in the spiritual state. You're still here, you still exist. You're, you're still alive and well, you're just not in this earth any longer. But when you die, just imagine, it's almost like you take your life and all of a sudden you blink and now you're at a window and you're looking at your dead body, your parents or family members or friends or whoever discovers you, they have this tormented experience of seeing you in that state, experiencing the loss of the death. You're up against the glass saying, can I, can I just go back? I want to reverse it. You can't. But now you're still experiencing the emotions you had that took your life, that made you do this, but now you have the regret of having done it. How did that improve anything? It improved nothing. 
First thing I want you to write down, please write this down, would you? Number one, no matter how hopeless you feel, suicide only makes things worse. If you commit suicide, you're, you are not actually ending it all. You still exist, but now with the regret of having killed yourself. It didn't improve anything. It didn't end anything. And so it's really not a solution. Hebrews 9, 27 says, and just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. You will stand face to face with God, and God's going to say, what are you doing here? This was not my plan. This is not your choice. God brings you home when God wants you to come home. That's not a decision we're supposed to make. Number two, you will answer to God for what you did, including suicide and for wasting your opportunity to serve God and others. Revelation chapter 20 says, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. All were judged according to their deeds. This will stand against you. One day, God's going to say, why did you waste the life I gave you? And so God doesn't want us to do that. 2 John 8 says, watch out that you do not lose what you have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. It says, it says watch out that you don't lose. The word lose or loss actually means forfeit. You're forfeiting the opportunity you had to live, to be happy, to love, to care for others, to make a difference. You're forfeiting all of that when you choose this, this option. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Next scripture I want to say is pretty strong, but this is the truth, guys. It says in Exodus 20, verse 13, you must not murder. John, uh, Genesis 9.6 says, If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Number three, murder is forbidden in scripture including oneself, because you are of great value. God says, you shall not murder. Taking your own life is also murder. You are committing a crime against God's word, God's truth, and you're committing a crime against yourself. You are the perpetrator and the victim. But it's not just you that's the victim. It's who you victimize. Do you think your family and friends will ever be the same if you do this? They won't. And I may seem like I'm really coming strong. You may say, man, pastor, this is kind of offensive in the face of some poor family that lost their loved one. I talked to that dad and he said, please, pastor, warn them, tell them, don't do this. These are good people that lost their daughter. Go to our church. Serve in the ministry here. Well, I thought this didn't happen to people that didn't love God. And I thought this didn't happen to people that love God that were Christians. No, 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 Christians consider this too. It happens, whether you're a believer or not a believer. It's because here's the thing. We can all fall into lies, whether you know Christ or not. Either way, it can happen. But God has a better way for you and for me. And so I know I'm coming strong, but I mean it because I'm trying to grab you by the shirt collar, pull you up close and say, don't do this. This is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. You don't get this one back. Your life is worth too much to do this. Reason why this happens more when you're in junior high and high school is real simple. 
It's because, and I'm not trying to be insulting, I'm just trying to give you the psychology behind it. Your frontal lobe, when you're below the age of 21, is not fully developed. It's actually not even fully developed until about 25. The frontal lobe of your brain is the part that thinks long-term. So if you're having a problem when you're 16, you can't see past 18. So you're like, my whole world is just crumbling in high school. You won't be in high school long. Trust me, that's gonna end fast. And when it ends, I just gotta tell you right now, I don't talk to anyone from my high school days. And it's not because I'm avoiding anything, it's because I just don't care about that. That's, that's old news. So the very thing that you're so involved in now will honestly mean nothing to you in just a few years. Where are my adults at to know what I'm talking about? It just doesn't matter in a few years. So if you're experiencing betrayal or you're experiencing pain or rejection, it's gonna, I'm not making a lie of your pain, I'm just trying to explain to you, that pain has an expiration date. Do not expire before it expires. You will get past this. So hang in there, life will get better. It will get drastically better than high school. I promise you. Now this doesn't mean that, that adults don't struggle with this too, because it can happen anytime. We all go through dips. I mean, I just did a series on roller coasters about how we go, we have ups, we have downs, but you don't make a decision in your dip. That's just what just happened. So please don't, please don't do that. God has so much more for you. So I just wanna, I wanna dive into four simple principles about a guy who may surprise you that he was a godly man, he was a prophet, God used him powerfully, and yet he still became suicidal. That tells me that you can be as sharp as can be, just like this young lady was, love God, just like this young lady did, have great parents, great family, great church, great friends, and still struggle with suicide. I just, I'm trying to explain to you, there are no, oh, well, if I was on that side of the tracks, of course, it would struggle as opposed to this side. No, no, no. This is an equal opportunity struggle. Doesn't matter how rich or poor, young or old, you pick the skin color you want, it affects everyone. There are no exceptions here. Everyone I know deals with down moments, depression, struggles with doubts, anxiety. And for some of us, it goes to the point of considering hurting yourself. Not everyone, but we all deal with depression at some level. In fact, next week's message is all about that. And you think, well, it's Thanksgiving. I promise you, you're going to like it. It's going to relate. So if you just think, well, pastor, I'm not really at the point of wanting to hurt myself, but I got to admit, I have a hard time kind of getting back up. I'm having, I just, I just, I just, it's like I'm in this funk and I don't know what to do. Don't miss next week. And by the way, Thanksgiving has a lot to do that too. Becoming thankful is a big deal. But don't miss next week. Please be here. It's going to be worth it. I promise you. We'll all be a little fatter. It's okay. Come anyways. <laughs> God has something to tell us. I promise you, you can overcome that depression. So don't miss that. I want to give you four simple things because there's a guy named Elijah that struggled with depression and suicide. May surprise you that this is the same guy who was Mr. Prophet. You know, he, he you know, challenged the 400 prophets of Baal and won, and God brought this great victory. And then right after that, he struggled with suicide, which, by the way, is not, is not uncommon. It's actually very common that when you come off, come off a high is when you consider doing it. This is why I'm not surprised when Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, Robin Williams, Kurt Cobain, why would they take their lives when they have so much? Because they come off a high and realize, wow, that was supposed to make me happy, and it didn't. That was supposed to satisfy my soul and I just can't get that fame and that money and that popularity to fit into my soul and I still have a hole. That's because it's not supposed to fill your hole. Only Jesus can do that. 
That's why we're here. He's the only one that can fill that. So let's break this down. Why don't you write this down, would you? What do you do if you have thoughts of killing yourself? And I'm going to use that phrase, killing yourself. That may seem abrupt and rough, but I'm just telling you that's what it is. I don't like the word suicide. It's too pretty. It's too soft. That's not what's going on. It's a murder. Do not do this. It's permanent. 1 Kings chapter 19 says this. Then he went on alone into the wilderness. This is Elijah. He went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. So apparently you can even be praying suicidal thoughts. God, just kill me. Just take my life, right? I've had enough. And so he has a suicidal thought. The very first thing you need to do if you are having thoughts of killing yourself is this, number one, don't be alone. He wandered off into the wilderness all by himself. When Jesus wandered off into the wilderness is because he went to go be with the Father. He wanted to go be in community with his Father. And we, we think that doesn't make sense. That's just praying alone, right? No, no, not in Jesus' case. Remember, he came from heaven to earth. So he has these memories of remember being at, at the right hand of the Father. And so, by the way, this is a beautiful picture because, because we know that God is the ultimate in sustainability, right? We all talk about sustainable. We want sustainable earth and sustainable cars and sustainable energy, right? Let me give you the ultimate in sustainability. It's God. He's always been. He always will. He's from the beginning and all the way to the end. He's, he's existed eternally. So how does you sustain that? Real simple. God himself is very character is sustaining. You know why? Because it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, you could actually exchange the word Trinity with the word community. God is in community with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. So apparently you and I weren't supposed to go it alone. It even says in Scripture when God made man, he took a look at man and said, it's not good. It's not good. It's the only part of creation. He said, this isn't good. What he was saying was, this isn't good for him to be alone. So create a woman. We were supposed to be with one another. That is not unnatural. You say, well, but I'm single and I, everyone says I'm supposed to be okay being by myself. I don't know anyone that's good by themselves. We all want to be with someone else. That doesn't mean you try to turn someone into your personal Jesus, they're going to complete you. No, it's not, I'm not saying that. You need to be complete in Christ, but God built you for community. We need one another. If you are struggling with depression, the last thing you need to do is be quiet about it. You need to tell someone, man, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about cutting myself, hurting myself. I've been thinking about ending my life. You need to share that with someone. Don't do it alone. God doesn't want you to do it alone. Immediately ask for help. Now listen, let me, let me just clarify this about asking for help. If you are under the age of 18, do not ask someone under the age of 18 to help you. They're not equipped. The truth is most adults aren't equipped, but go to an adult and ask them so that they can get you to the right people, whether they're the right person or someone else. This is very, very important. Students, why don't you listen to me? On Facebook, it's going around. I don't know if it's true or not. We don't know if this is true, but then I know this is not uncommon. When you see a string of, of suicides, oftentimes there was a, a hidden pact that happened where students or adults or whoever said, I'll take my life if you'll take yours. So they commit to this. I'm not saying this happened, but I want to explain how the devil uses that. If someone calls you, let's say you're 15, you're 15, 14, 16, 17, her, her old friend calls you and they say, hey, I need to tell you something. Okay, what do you need? But you got to promise not to tell anyone. You promise. Well, I mean, no, no, come on. Promise me I'm not going to tell you. So then what do we do? We say, okay, okay, I promise. I'm thinking about killing myself. But you promise not to tell anyone. Listen, students, listen. This is the one promise you're not supposed to keep. 
Your love for them should override that promise you made. Because it's not fair for them to tell you, promising you won't tell them. Then they go take their life, and now you're carrying that guilt around. That is not fair. And then what's even worse is if you make a pact and you don't fulfill it, thank God you didn't, and they do fulfill it, unfortunately, then you feel so much guilt, then you want to go fulfill it. Which is not right. Break the pact, break the promise, because it's wrong. You're living in a lie that the devil says. The devil, scripture says that the thief came to steal and to kill and to destroy. It is a lie that that's what you need to do. And so we need to break that lie and break that pact. That's not a promise you should keep. Right now, if you're holding that promise for someone, you need to go to someone today and tell them, I have a good friend, I'll go to school with him, we're in college together, or whatever, and say, I promise I wouldn't tell, but I love them enough to let them be mad at me. Here's who it is. Get them some help right now. And if you're struggling today, whatever campus you're at, whether you're watching online, tell someone. Before you leave church today, tell someone. We have the people with the right resources to get you the help you need. I want you to tell someone today. Later in the service, we're going to get an opportunity to do that. Don't sit in pain alone. You're not meant to be alone. And the fact that God gave you needs you can't meet yourself should tell you that God puts you around other people. We are the family of God. There are 12,000 people around you that want to help you, that want to help you, that love you, that want to tell you life is worth living. Don't do this. So do not be alone. Number two, quit comparing your life to others. This is the root of almost all unhappiness. It goes on to say, he said, take my life for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Why is he comparing himself to his ancestors? For the same reason we compare ourselves to others because we want to measure up. The problem in today's society is that now we're trying to measure ourselves against a totally unrealistic expectation. You know why? Because we're doing this all day and all night. Oh, wow, look where they're at. Why didn't I get invited? Oh, and they're there too? I'm not. You've noticed this about young people? So they're like, so they go someplace and they all pull out their phones. While they're all there together, supposed to be the socializer and look at their phone. And they're looking and they're like, oh, look, they're all over there. <laughs> and then they go there and guess what they do when they get there? They pull out their phones. Where are they at now? Oh, everyone's over there. <laughs> so wherever we are, we're not there. We're always looking where we're not. If you keep looking and comparing to where you're not and what you're not, of course you're going to be depressed. This is a huge problem, guys. It's such a big problem, by the way. Did you know that Steve Jobs, he was interviewed before he died, they said, what do your kids think about the iPad? He goes, oh, no, I won't let them use it. What do you know that we don't know? That you are the CEO of Apple and you won't let your kids use your product? Guys, we have a serious problem right now, and this is a lot of it. I'm not being anti-technology, but I am being anti-social media. We are living in a world that's not real. Guys, listen to me. We need to put this down and pick this up. Here's why. This says to me every day, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not where everyone else is at. I'm not cool enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm just not enough. This says I am loved. I am of value. I am in Christ. I have promise. I have potential. I am his. We've got to balance this out. 
This is a huge problem in our culture. And by the way, the reason I know this is going on with young people because it's going on with adults. It's going on with adults as much as it's going on with young people. But it's even worse with young people because they don't have the capacity to understand that this is just a dumb phone. And some lady took 75 pictures to get the perfect one and then says, just a casual picture for the day. There's nothing casual about that. But we want to act like that, and that comparison makes us all feel inadequate. And we're not inadequate. Can I tell you something else, by the way? The people you're comparing yourself to, their life is not as great as you think. Your life is not as bad as you think. Let me say that again. Their life is not as great as you think. Your life is not as bad as you think. Did you know that the, the same people that Silicon Valley, uh, the, 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 I don't know if you know this, Silicon Valley hired the same people. I kid you not. I'm reading a book on this right now called How to Break Up with Your Phone. It's incredible, by the way. I'm not kidding. The same engineers that built slot machines and casinos are now being hired by Silicon Valley to get you just as hooked on social media platforms. Have you ever noticed you can just scroll and scroll and it never ends? It's almost like they're trying to keep me on. They are. There's actually now a psychological term for it. It's called FOMO. Say FOMO. Sounds like we're saying something bad. We're not. <laughs> Hit your finger like, oh, FOMO. Oh, <laughs> FOMO means this. It means fear of missing out. That's why we keep going on the phone, right? Oh, what I miss? Oh, they're in a the Twitter beef. What, what, what'd she say? What'd she say back? Oh, where are they at? Oh, what's going on? What, what are they doing now? Fear of missing out. This is addictive. And here's the problem. Parents, if you don't know this, this is what your students are doing. I don't know if you're aware of this. This is what your students are doing. They're staying up half the night and they're on this. And they, they, they went to bed, but if you let this go in the room with them, they will be on this till they fall asleep. And when they wake up, guess what's the first thing they reach for? And guess what? Let's be honest. It's the first thing we're reaching for too. This is a problem. So then they're tired. <sighs> they keep going. I'm comparing and comparing and comparing. I was just so, so I'm tired. I had a rough day and theirs looked so good and my look day was so bad and I'm tired. Do you think I'm in any position to make a decision about my life? That this is what I'm doing all day and all night? Parents, new rule. When you go to bed, take this from your kids. Say, all devices, go to sleep. But mom, I... I can't sleep. Oh, well, the reason you can't sleep is because this is highly addictive and sets off endorphins when you open it. And so this is keeping you from sleeping. So if you take away the phone, guess what? You go to sleep really fast. I can't sleep. Here. Here you go, sweetie. Take that into your bedroom. <laughs> it's so boring. I'll fall asleep. Right. <laughs> so either way, you're up half the night learning that God loves you. Oh, that'd be horrible. Or you fall asleep. Either way, you won. Make sense? Look at what it says next. Look at, look what happens to Elijah. It's very interesting. It says, Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and said, What's the big spiritual thing the angel said? Get up and eat. Wow. Apparently, taking care of your physical body has a lot to do with your mental state. Get up and eat. Then he says, He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones. That sounds good right now. Man, that's not, I want to eat that right now. And a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and then he laid back down again. Number three, heal your body and mind through rest, proper diet, 
and medicine if necessary. Now, I want to say something that may be a little controversial, but it really shouldn't be. But I want to say it anyways. Listen to me. Love God. Get help. Take your medicine. I want to say that again. Love God. Get help. Take your meds. Do not pull this, well, no, I'm just, it's just me and God. I'm going to walk with the Lord, so I don't need those medicines. No, 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 no. Walk with the Lord and take your meds. Okay? If you're coming to this church and I'm your pastor, and your pastor is giving you permission to rely on medicine, because God made great people that made great products that can help you, it's okay. Does that make sense? We need to get rid of this dumb stigma that says, oh, I can't get medicine because that means I'm not relying on God. That's ridiculous. You're still relying upon God. Just use wisdom. If you've got a chemical imbalance, you need to balance that out. Does that make sense? Because you know me, time, I'm tired of burying people who didn't take their pills. I'm just being honest, okay? So let's not do that anymore. Take your meds, and if you need some medicine, go get it. If you need to talk to a psychologist, go talk to a psychologist. Get some help. It's okay. We all need help. It's okay. All of us could use that. And so don't be, I'm not saying all of us need medicine, but I am saying we all need help at different times in our lives, okay? And if you're determined, if it's determined that you do need some help, don't be afraid to do that. Then look what happens in verse four. I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me, point four, verse seven. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. Then, then look what happened with this meal. This is incredible. So he got up and he ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Now this is unbelievable food. I mean, this is like the power bar of all power bars from GNC. You can go 40 days on this. The point is it's obviously not just regular food now. This is speaking of another kind of food. So we already talked about food in the last point, but now he says, now eat again. But this food's different. This is going to help you get to the mountain of God. So this is spiritual nourishment. There's physical nourishment. There's spiritual nourishment. Make sure you feed on that. And it says, go to the mountain of God. You know what I love about mountains? I, I love the mountains, by the way. I go at least once a year. I try, at least if we can afford it, I try to go to the mountains. I love going up to Colorado, and I like to ski. But oftentimes, I, I'm at the bottom of the mountain. I'm about to go up, and I'm looking up, and I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to just go crazy on that mountain. I can't wait to just ski as fast as I can. And so I love doing that. I love skiing. It's so much fun. I take my family. We have a good time. But it never fails that almost every year, uh, one or two days in, the kids and my wife are just like, okay, we're skied out. And, I, and I'm not. I'm like, I'm going to keep going. And so they'll say, okay, we're going to go in. We'll see you in a couple hours, right? So I like ski till the very end till they just literally like, kick me off the mountain. They're like, okay, leave. You have to leave. Okay, okay. So I'll go. So I stay the whole time. But when they do go, almost every year I go to the top and I slow down and I get out my phone, take off my goggles, I typically video all the way around, do a big panorama shot. And I do a video of coming down the mountain because I just, the mountain tells me something. And this is what it tells me. God's big. You know, when you get on a mountain, you realize God made this. Like his hand is bigger. His hand made this. How big is he? If he's making a 14,000 foot mountain, how big is God? It says this. Elijah, go to the mountain of God. Go to Mount Sinai, which means mountain of God, which means that you need to run to God because compared to your problem, he is a mountain big compared to your problem you're facing right now. You need to get the right perspective. Your problem is this big, God is this big. Your divorce is this big, God is this big. Your depression is this big, God is this big. We need to get perspective. I'm not trying to say your pain's not real, but God's love is more real. It's larger and it's better. Number four, find strength in God. Find strength in God and his purpose for your life. He has purpose for you. He is bigger than anything you are facing. Now, what I'm going to say next, some people get mad at, 
but we always told you we're going to tell you the truth around here. Revelation 20, 15 says, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That means if your name is not recorded in the book of life, you will go to hell. If it is recorded in the book of life, you will go to heaven. Let me tell you why that's important. Because that has nothing to do with suicide. I, just, I want to just tell you plainly, if you kill yourself or if you don't kill yourself, it has nothing to do with whether you're going to heaven or hell. Whether you go to heaven or hell is based upon whether you accepted Jesus. It has nothing to do with how you died. So I can tell you with unerring accuracy that this young lady that came to our church every single week heard a sermon where at the end we lead people to Christ. You're going to try to tell me that she's come here for years and not prayed that prayer? So I can say with great accuracy that this young lady is in heaven right now because she was a Christian. She made a very unwise decision. She listened to lies, at least at some portion or moment in her life, to, to take her life. But that doesn't mean that she's not in heaven because she's saved, not because of how she died or what she did or didn't do, but because of Jesus. Jesus is the answer for salvation. So your eternal destination is not based upon whether you commit suicide, but whether you received Christ. In Romans 10, 9, says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. doesn't say you'll be saved, well, unless you do this. doesn't say that. If you confess with the mouth of Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What does that mean? Here's the conclusion. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. He's our hope. He is our hope. Right now, we're going to take a moment to pray. With every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to do something different. I'm going to invite my staff to come forward. Staff members are going to come forward. We're going to have some, some mature believers that we know that can help out too. If we get a little overrun, that's okay. We're going to have staff come up. All of our campuses right now, they're going to come forward. With everyone bow their heads real quick. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you are struggling with considering hurting yourself, if you have had thoughts of suicide, and you need help. If you have thoughts of suicide, that means you do need help. With your head, every head bowed, every eye closed, please, please honor this right now, okay, guys? Let's not make this about whether you're embarrassed or whether people see you. Let's just take that out of the equation. I just need everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. Thank you. Thank you. This is not a moment to be curious. This is a moment to pray for those around you, okay? Every head bowed, every eye closed with all of our campuses right now. If you need help, I just want you to lift your hand up. We're going to come to you. Just lift your hand up if you need help. If this is a real issue for you, it's okay. It's okay. Don't be embarrassed. Just lift your hand. We've had hands going up all morning long. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Just lift your hand high. We're going to come to you. Ushers, make sure we don't miss anybody. Anyone else? Lift your hand high. If you need help, just someone's going to come pray with you right now. You got you to tell someone. Okay? You got to tell someone. You are loved. There are thousands of believers around you that want to help you right now. Don't go it alone. Lift your hand high if you need help. Okay, right here in the front. Right here. I need a lady right here in the front. Right here. Pastor David, we need someone. Oh, right here too. Right here too. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Jessica. Right there. Thank you. Anyone else? Lift your hand high if you need help. Don't be afraid. It's okay. We're here for you. This is the kind of church we are, guys. We don't have our church clothes on, guys. We don't do that here. We're not trying to make ourselves look good. We're real, okay? If you need help, just lift your hand high. We want to help you out.
Any other hands? Ushers, help me not miss anybody. Do we have anybody over there? Okay, I see somebody pointing over here. Okay, in the back. Thank you. Anywhere else, we'll come to you. If we miss you, you find us in the atrium today. Do not leave your campus without telling someone you need help, okay? In the back, okay, over here. In the very back, guys, right over here. We need some help. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? All of our campuses, just lift your hand high. We're going to come to you. We're going to come to you. Anyone else? With your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you say, Pastor, I don't struggle with this. I don't, it's not a thought on my mind. I've never actually contemplated that, but I will tell you, honestly, Pastor, I struggle with depression. Please be here next week if that's you. If you're out of town because of the holiday, just watch online. Please do that. I promise you it's going to help you. I'm going to talk about my own personal experience in it, about what I've done to pick myself up, what I've learned about that, the psychology and the spirituality behind both, how there's a pragmatic, practical side to this as well. Don't miss next week. We're going to help you overcome that funk that you just can't seem to get out of. It'd be good even just to know how to do it, even if it's just a short spell. You're just like, oh, just every once in a while, just have a tough day. We're going to teach you what to do about those days. Don't miss that. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, there's a hole in all of our hearts that cannot be filled by fame, fortune, success, popularity, love, relationships, sex. It can't fill this hole. None of those things can fill this hole because you were meant to be filled by Christ. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and me to pay the price for our sins and he rose again proving that he's God. Now he waits for you to accept him. If you've never prayed this prayer, would you join us right now? You can pray this prayer and you can receive Christ right now, right where you are. Pray this prayer with me. You can just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for me. You paid the price for my sin and you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. I repent of my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.